Well, welcome back, everybody, to our second episode of The Visiting Team. Heyo! Chandler and Garrett here in the studio, and by studio, I mean Chandler's office. Heyo! <laughs> <laughs> well, so Chandler, this week, I want to start off with a joke. <laughs> okay. And just so you guys know, I haven't told Chandler yet, because I want his honest response to the joke. So here we go. He told me that a joke was coming. I thought it was going to be a little bit more just like, just in the flow of conversation. I didn't realize we were going like full comedy routine right now. It's not comedy routine. It's just a joke. Okay. Okay, Here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready for it. Okay. Here it goes. Hockey. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's not actually a joke. (laughs) I was going to say, I mean, after the All-Star Challenge, I agree, but... <laughs> no, here's the real joke. Okay. What do Valentine's Day and the Super Bowl have in common? Broken hearts for half the country? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that's not my punchline. Dang. If it's a good game, there's lots of scoring. Okay. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, can we move on from that? Are, are we good? <laughs> I kind of just want to sit there for a minute. I think we should just sit in that for a second. Did you uh, did you come up on this? Come up with this on your own, or did somebody else uh, tell it to you, or? That was the Valentine's Day card Kelsey got me. <laughs> <laughs> Marriage. It was, it was pretty neat. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, Super Bowl. Yeah. How was it for you? It was great. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was a great day, you know. Um, before the Super Bowl, um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but you had um, a beer and diaper party. Um, I am aware of that. <laughs> for those of you who aren't aware of that, um, Garrett is expecting baby number three. And by Garrett, I mean Kelsey is expecting baby number three. Um, and so before the game, we had a beer and diaper party where we brought him beer um, to get him through having another baby and um, diapers to get Kelsey through having <laughs> another baby. Um, but so just had an awesome time. Um, Broing out and playing some cornhole and then got to sit down and watch the game. Had a nice group of people there. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was a good game. Like regardless of what you wanted to happen, I felt like it was an enjoyable game all the way through, which is not always the case with the Super Bowl. So it was fun. It was nice. Right. How about you? How was the Super Bowl for you? My initial reaction... So I feel like I understand how Cleveland Cavalier fans feel watching their team lose to the Warriors when it was KD, Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Okay. Because I understood on some level the Rams were probably going to win. And that's what happens when you have nine pro bowlers on your team and the Bengals have a really good kicker. And that was kind of the the star the star talent. Nine pro bowlers versus the kicker between the two teams. Hey, if they played soccer, 
Okay, we're not talking about that. We're talking about this. And so my experience was like, from the depths of my gut, I really wanted the Bengals to win. Mm -hmm. So while there is things that I'm excited about, I'm happy it was a good Super Bowl, like happy for Matt Stafford after being in a tire fire for 12 years, yep. finally goes to a winning team and wins right away. Uh, I'm happy for those things. But my initial reaction was, I don't know if the Bengals are going to be back. Like, the Rams are always a perennial contender. Like, they're often in the playoffs. Sean yeah. Dupree is a phenomenal coach. Yeah. They've got all these, you know, playmakers. And because it's L.A., they can get whatever free agent they want. Mm -hmm. In Cincinnati, it's like, this kind of felt like their shot. Yeah, I mean, they've got some serious offensive line issues. Um, it's a miracle that they were even in the playoffs um, with as many times as Burrow got sacked. Um, and so they're going to be wanting to go after some offensive linemen in the draft this year, some good offensive linemen. But every team goes after good offensive linemen in the draft, and they're not going to be very high um, in the draft pick ladder. So, um, yeah, I, I don't see them really improving their team enough to to get back here. Um, I think it might be a one and done for them. Yeah, and I think that's what makes me sad. Well, like... As sad as I can be, I mean, it's not like watching a team I really love mm -hmm. lose the Super Bowl, but I think for a team like Cincinnati that's been so bad for so long, they had this yeah. they had this year of destiny almost where it's like, wow, they really caught lightning in a bottle. It was It's like the Eagles when they beat the Patriots, except the Eagles came out the other side, like yeah. the champions, yeah. and the Bengals didn't. So, and it's like, I went back and I looked at the, like, what happens, like, how often does a quarterback who loses the Super Bowl mm -hmm. get back? Like, not even, like, okay. the next year. Yeah. Like, at any time, right? Okay. So, there's a stat that says the last 16 quarterbacks who lost their Super Bowl debut never went back. Dang. So... Like, a, I don't know how many Super Bowls that is, but yeah. if you look through history, if a quarterback loses their Super Bowl debut, mm -hmm. they they don't make it back. On top of That's that... That's so interesting. Well, on top of that, the only two quarterbacks to have lost a Super Bowl and then make it back this decade mm -hmm. are Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. The GOATs. Yeah. So, like, Russell Wilson hasn't gone back after he lost, right? Cam Newton hasn't been back. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, even the teams that win, like, the Eagles haven't been back to the Super Bowl. Well, and even Patrick when... Mahomes even hasn't when, been back to the Super Bowl. Even when Peyton made it back to the Super Bowl, like, the defense carried him there. The defense right. carried him to the victory that year, too. Um, yeah. So, the reality is if both teams repeating, like... Zero chance of happening. Like, it's not going to be another Rams-Bengals Super Bowl next year. No way. Dude, what if? <laughs> what if? You heard it here first. <laughs> Prediction. If that happens, who's winning? If, that's, if that happens, yeah. my gut says the Rams again. Mm. I think I would go Bengals. 
I hope so. I think at that if if the Bengals get back there, it's because they've made improvements. It's not because they got on another hot streak. Right. Um, so they've made the improvements, and um, there's a lot of talk about Rams and who's retiring, who's going to stay. Um, and even if the majority of them stay, you're going to lose somebody. Right. Um, I, I, OBJ might retire. That's been mm-hmm. thrown out there. Whitworth is 40, just got a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. So he, why would he come back? Right. I mean, Eric Weddle, he was a huge part of, of their defense in the playoffs. And the, Did they bring him out of retirement? They brought him out of retirement. <laughs> um, he's not coming back. He's done. Um, he, t- he tore his pec. Did you hear that? He tore his pec on the eighth. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. On the eighth play of the game. Tore his pec and continued through the rest of the game. Nothing <laughs> was pulling him out. <laughs> Um, I do love that about the Super Bowl, where it's like, it's the last game of the season, right? So it's not like you have to save yourself, but when the chips are down, you have all of these, like, type A alpha males, mm-hmm. who it's just like hell or high water, Yeah, you're not pulling them out of the game. Yeah. Unless they hit concussion protocol. <laughs> or unless there's <laughs> or, a torn ACL or... <laughs> Sorry, <or> OBJ. <laughs> um, how about the Rams? Do you think the Rams have a shot at making it back? I think that depends on what happens with their team. Like, the Sean McVay retirement rumors... I don't think it's going to happen. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, that just... Like, I mean, John Madden retired after 10 years because it was stressful. Mm-hmm. He was age 32 to age 42, and then he retired. Sean McVay's 36. So, I guess if it really is that stressful of a job, he could, but... Yeah. I don't... I think I saw something this morning that his wife said, no, he's not planning on retiring. So um, she likes that paycheck too. (laughs) Yeah, he makes $8 million a year. So people consider that underpaid for a Super Bowl winning coach, but I could go for $8 million. $8 million a year, I'm in. (laughs) I'd be in for a million dollars a year. Half a million dollars a year. I'll I'll coach one season. It doesn't even matter if I take the team. And then yep. I'll just leave with my $8 million. Yep. <laughs> but so it, I think it kind of depends. Like, they have so many free agents and they've leveraged their future so hard. Like, eventually, all of that's just going to go away. What happens when that bubble bursts? Yeah. It's kind of the feeling that I have about it. Now, I don't understand, like, salary caps and manipulating that. But the Rams are masters at it. Like they're getting people on loan, and they're pushing stuff towards the future. I don't even know how they're doing. They're making other teams pay for players. <laughs> Denver's still playing, paying Von Miller. They've basically said, "Who needs draft picks?" <laughs> yeah, like, like we don't need them. Obviously, <laughs> we just won the Super Bowl. They've kind of taken on a, a Yankee esque approach. Uh, the Yankees have gone away from this in more recent years and built up their farm system. But you for years, you mean they're bad. No, that's not what I'm saying. Um, you'll learn very quickly who Garrett's and my favorite teams are listening to this podcast. Um, but no, for years, like it was just, why raise people up in a farm system when we can just go and pay for the best players already in the league? Like, buy the best talent. Yeah, I would say the Rams are certainly taking that approach. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because it's not something that you would expect to see in a league that has a salary cap, um, but they're figuring out how to do it and figuring out how to do it really, really well. Yeah, I just don't like, 
I wonder if there's gonna be like a scandal like eight years from now. Like, oh. like not really, but mm-hmm. like no other team has done this. Yeah. So either the Rams people are just way smarter than everybody else, which could could happen. Mm-hmm. Could, could be an option. Or eventually down the road we'll hear about um, you know something with money laundering or you mm-hmm. know, whatever. I think it's got to be that they've just figured it out. I was actually just listening to something about the NHL. Um, Jack Eichel, um, young star player, um, just came back after a pretty bad injury. Um, but for the Knights to activate him and not go against their salary cap, they ended up putting their captain of the team on the injured reserve. And so his salary no longer goes against the cap. And if he's ready to play in the playoffs, they can bring him back and it still won't go against the cap. And so everybody's freaking out. Like, what are they doing? How are they cheating? But it's perfectly within the rules. Like, these teams have guys that their entire job is to find the loophole. (laughs) It's how do we get as many good players on the field or on the ice as we can. Right. Yeah. So so all of that to say, like, they probably won't be back. Yeah. Like, I think the last team to go back-to-back Super Bowl appearances was the Seahawks. Uh, nope. Chiefs. Sorry. Yeah. The Chiefs were. Mm-hmm. So, Seahawks and Chiefs. So, that's two teams in this decade back-to-back Super Bowl appearances. Yeah. Um, because I think for I think for us, we grew up, like, when I was a kid, the Patriots went to three out of four. Yeah. And that became, like, well, how come, like, other teams can't do this Mm -hmm. well because it's really hard yeah (laughs) Tom Brady's just really good (laughs) Um, as much as it pains me to say that (laughs) dude I watched his man in the arena Mm -hmm. like series it's phenomenal really it's really good like is it gonna make me like Tom Brady absolutely I already liked Tom Brady before (laughs) but I love Tom Brady now as a Colts fan, I don't know if I'm allowed to like Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys need a quarterback, apparently. <laughs> Pull him out of retirement. Pull him out get Tom Brady. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> not my quarterback. <laughs> so, the, yeah, so the in the Man in the Arena thing, it breaks down his nine appearances with the Patriots, and he goes through each season, right? And so mm-hmm. he'll talk about, like, what it felt like this season, what the team was like this season, mm-hmm. the stuff that they had to overcome this season, where their heads were at. And it's pretty cool because it feels like like when he's young, the interview, like it there's just excitement in it. Like yeah. you can tell he's not cynical yet. Mm-hmm. But even as he's telling the story, he's not. And then like as he gets to O seven, where they lose in two thousand eleven and then like the deflate gate stuff, like the interviews take like a harsher, like mm-hmm. more jaded tone. Interesting. Um, so it's that, yeah, it's really cool. So the first few episodes are like pretty sweet mm-hmm. because um, it's all about young Brady and winning and, and, and all of that. <clears throat> and then they, you know. So anyways, so not to say Tom Brady has ruined football for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> our ex- hey, our expectations <laughs> are shattered because of Tom Brady. Yeah, you know when you cheat to get there, you just <laughs> hey, that was, that was debunked. <laughs> Deflategate was finally debunked. They deflated the plate gate. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be a dad soon. I can make a joke. Uh, <laughs> so there are some things, whether you rooted for the Bengals or the Rams. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, before we get to that, 
chances of repeating for you? Like, where do you think for the Rams? Be? Yeah, for the Rams. Gosh dang. Um, chances is repeat. Chances of repeating is champion or just getting there. Getting back. Because mm. they almost weren't champions this time. Yeah. I mean, the refs helped with that. Oh <laughs> man. Let me. So I'm gonna tell you now. Um, I'm going to feel a little bit soapboxy, um, all podcasts. So my soapbox segment in a little bit is going to be a little bit shorter, um, (laughs) because I don't want to just carry that tone all the way through. But let me tell you the people like Gary right now, even though I know he doesn't actually (laughs) hold to this, the people that think that the refs handed the Rams the game are absolutely bonkers. Absolutely. I I hate to be negative, but stupid, idiotic. (laughs) It's the worst take you can possibly have. Um, For one, what's that face mask call that gets missed in the first half that leads to a touchdown? Dude, he fell over. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then, so a couple of things. One, if I remember correctly, the play right before that first holding call um, at the end of the game, the first defensive holding call, um, I'm pretty sure there was a missed call on that play. And so on the next play... You get this defensive holding um, that is pretty pretty debatable. Probably shouldn't have been called with the way the game was going. But there was a slight turn there. There was a slight pull and turn. Um, and with a missed call on the play before, the ref is going to call that. They, they're they going to make up what they missed before because they already should have been given extra yards. Mm-hmm. And then the second one was just a good call. Like, it's just plain as that. Which, so Which one was that? Um, the one to, I think it was Cooper Cup, like, in the front of the end zone. Oh. Um, like where he was, like, all over him. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, by no means can you say that the refs handed them this game. Um, I would also like to bring up, just imagine what this game would have been like if OBJ doesn't hurt his knee on it in, in like what, the what, first quarter, second quarter? He already had a touchdown, so it was, like, beginning of the second quarter. Yeah. Like, if he didn't do that... He would have been on pace for MVP, I think. I don't think Cooper Cup would have gotten it. Um, and so you've got both of those wide receivers out there. The Rams wouldn't have needed the refs to win the game. Um, clearly, the Rams were the better team in this game. They pulled it off with a one of their key players missing and without being able to run the dang ball. <laughs> right. Um, so, anyway. Uh, because it's so uncommon, probably not. I don't think they're going to get back. Um, but if there was a team to do it in the next five years, um, other than the Chiefs, obviously, because they're they're building a dynasty right now, they're, I think they're always the favorite. Yeah, um, I think I think it's gonna be the Rams. Um, ah, there's a lot. Let's, of let's say this: I would not be surprised by a Rams Chiefs Super Bowl next year. Right. That would be good. You hear it here first. <laughs> well, so two things. One, to go back to the refs and like mm-hmm. the calls and stuff. So, Joe Burrow got sacked seven times in the Super Bowl. Six of them, I believe, came in the second half. Mm-hmm. And percentage-wise, his seven sacks... So, he didn't get sacked for most of the first half. He got yeah, I was really impressed watching it. He got sacked on the last play, I think, mm-hmm. um, or at least his last possession mm-hmm. of the first half. And then, so if you count that possession, 
plus the possessions in the second half. Mm-hmm. He got sacked on seven out of twenty-two dropbacks from from the end of halftime, his last possession, through the second half. So a third one every three plays in the second half yeah. dropback pass yeah. plays. He was getting sacked. So without the refs, like who cares? Because <laughs> he can't do anything because one right. out of every three passes, he's on the turf. Right? Yeah. It's a loss of down. It's a pointless yeah. play pretty much. And he may as well have been given a sack on the last play of the game um, other than the knees. Um, right. When Aaron Donald took him down, he just kind of flailed the ball out did, there. Did you, have you watched that play in slow motion? Like, have you watched what Aaron Donald does to the tackle? No. It, it is brutal. Like, Aaron Donald pops up, hits the tackle, and literally just, like, shoves him to the side and then free run it. but it's literally just like he doesn't even it's not it doesn't look like a challenge for him he just pops Jeez. up like slaps the guy to the side and then well, it's goes, not a challenge <laughs> for him the Bengals line sucks <laughs> like seriously yeah, if, they don't, if they don't man. get this figured, <laughs> if they don't get this figured out Joe Burrow is going to be the next Andrew Luck oh for sure um, yeah he got sacked 70 times this year <laughs> Yeah, that would make me want to quit. <laughs> yeah, and he got he got injured in the Super Bowl. Like we don't know how yeah, bad the injury yeah. was. Yeah, that's right. He played through it. Didn't look injured for the rest of the game, but um, yeah, he definitely got rolled up on. Yeah. So that was a decent tangent. So back to my original question: <laughs> um, whether you were voting for the Rams to win or the Bengals to win, mm-hmm. there's actually some really just sweet moments. Um, sorry about that. There's some sweet moments um, in the Super Bowl that are worth celebrating. So take us into some of those. We're, we're calling them silver lining moments. Yeah. Um, I mean, first one for me has to be um, Stafford. Has to be him silencing everybody, saying that he wasn't an elite quarterback, that he couldn't win a playoff game coming in and just throwing it down. Right. Um, he gets his ring, I think cements himself as a Hall of Fame quarterback um, by by having the good career and then getting the Super Bowl ring. Um, I think it's too soon. Like, he doesn't have a winning record. Like, like overall. Yeah, but look at his team. <laughs> I understand that. But, like, it's like, if you're looking back at history, it's like... There's an argument for, well, he's got the most comeback wins, mm-hmm. you know, since he's entered the league. So that's mm-hmm. a good case for him. Yeah. But as a, if I was an MVP voter or a Hall of Fame voter, which I'm not, probably never will be. But if I were, dreams can come true. Dreams can come true. <laughs> I would have a hard time, like, if he just retired, like, with one ring, it would be, obviously he's not. Hopefully he can continue to play and mm-hmm. show the world how great he is because mm-hmm. I love him. Um, but anyways. I mean, I think even if he retires with one ring, if he can continue to have a few winning seasons with the Rams or wherever else he might go, mm-hmm. um, I think he's for sure got it. Yeah. What about you? What's a what's a silver lining for you? Well, first of all, congratulations, Matt Stafford. If Congrats, man. If you're listening. Please tune in. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, dreams can come true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... So Andrew Whitworth um, is in his 16th NFL season. He's the left tackle. Um, I believe he's the left tackle. That sounds right. For the Rams. Um, 
16th season, 40 years old. With Tom Brady retiring, he is now the oldest player in the NFL. Uh, and he spent, I think, a majority of his career actually with the Bengals. It was either with the Bengals or with the Browns. I think it was the Bengals. And um, so he gets, he finally gets a Super Bowl ring. He's doing stuff at 40 years old. He's like the Tom Brady of offensive linemen, pretty much. Just body still in great shape, still able to do fantastic things. So I'm really happy for him, especially because he's like one of the good guys in the league. Um, so he gets a ring. And if he wants to ride off into the sunset now, I'm sure he's got a lot of peace and joy in, oh, yeah. in doing that. For so. sure. Um, yeah, and then the obvious, maybe not so obvious one, Shooter McPherson, <laughs> man, goes 100% uh, with his kicks in the postseason and ties the record with the GOAT of kicking. Um, I think still the leading point scorer in the NFL out of Terry. Oh, yeah, I think by um, a large margin. Yeah. Um, so... Congrats to Shooter. Um, Evan. I call him Shooter so much, I don't actually know his (laughs) first name. Um, Evan Evan McPherson. (laughs) Um, Going 100%, getting 14 out of 14 uh, made kicks um, in the postseason. Played a huge role, huge role in getting his team to the Super Bowl. Oh, for sure. Like, all of their playoff games, they won by... A single score. I mean, they lost mm-hmm. the Super Bowl by a field goal, too. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know if uh, if Joe Burrow could have gotten them a little bit farther down downfield, that game was going to overtime. Oh, yeah. Um, which, by the way, I would like to point out that my prediction last week was 24 to 21. I did predict overtime. I didn't get that part right. <laughs> I predicted 24-21. Final score was 23-20. So um, you were. I'm just, I'm just tooting my own horn a little no, bit that no. I was off by one point with each team. Yeah, but if you lose by one, you still lose. But I didn't lose because I was closer <laughs> to you. Okay, well, I, I really won. lost. <laughs> but if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> there were only two competing, Garrett. <laughs> uh, and as a whole, um, I think it was just a good Super Bowl. I already mentioned it. Um, but just an enjoyable um, game to watch. Um, what did you think about the halftime show? Um, I don't think I caught all of it. Just That's right. You walked out of the room for a little while. Chasing my kids mm-hmm. around and different stuff. Um, it felt like a very nostalgic sort mm-hmm. of Super Bowl, at least for like the rap and the hip-hop world. Like, yeah. Because they had all of these... Um, you know, icons, mm-hmm. but they were doing songs from like the 90s or early, early 2000s. 2000s. Yeah. Right. And so it was like, it wasn't, I did like that it. it was just kind of like they, they took each artist's like most popular song and then just put that song in there and mm-hmm. did that. And it wasn't like there was no new material. Like nobody tried to move outside of like their thing mm-hmm. that they're good at. Mm-hmm. They didn't try to like, make it a like this is my moment to arrive moment because right. all of those artists had already arrived. Oh yeah. Right. So they mm. were just it was just like another show for them. Yeah. But like the like the stage was sweet and the old mm-hmm. cars were sweet. Mm-hmm. It was uh, very 
Southern California feeling. Yeah. Um, early 2000s Southern California um, throwback. It was really cool. Um, yeah, imagine if it was like a music video. It would have started with like oh, yeah. a car that had like the you know like the bouncing like springs on it, and mm-hmm. it would have been like cruising through the street sort of feel. Yeah. Um, but there's I'm not a huge like I like a couple rap artists mm-hmm. like and in high school I really liked Eminem but he wasn't good for me so <laughs> so I moved off of him same yeah. with Dr. Dre and 50 Cent and those guys so there's a part of it where it's like it's not really my favorite music to listen to anymore mm-hmm. I like the energy of it mm-hmm. you know so I think for a Super Bowl halftime show one of the better ones in a long time for sure for sure for sure yeah I liked there was no real attempt at a political statement it was just, we're going to go out there and entertain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Eminem tried to do a little something, but the league had specifically told him not to do that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even catch it during the show. I just read read about it later on. So, um, Which I'm sure on TV, the producers have some level of like, oh, he's kneeling right now. We'll just, yeah. There's enough. We'll just take a shot of something else. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it was just enjoyable. It was just good. It was refreshing. Um yeah, it was nice. So, um, do we want to move into awards? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we are going to give out awards. Um, Garrett and I have each made up an award um, related to the Super Bowl. Um, and we're going to tell each other what the name of the award is. Um, and then the other is going to try and guess um, who that award is going to. Okay, so who, do you want to guess first? Or do you want to present your award? I want you to present your award. Okay. This award is called the Gee, I sure wish it would happen to me award. <laughs> huh. <laughs> the G, I sure wish it would happen to me award. Hmm. Mm. This feels too obvious, but I'm going to say Joe Burrow. No. Okay. But why? Because he wants to be the one walking out with a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, that's actually a good one. And kind of mean. <laughs> to, Joe, to Joe Burrow. I definitely was not thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was thinking... So this, this award is given to the Rams. Like the Rams team. Okay. Because they won the Super Bowl. Okay. Which is obvious. So the Rams won the Super Bowl. But it goes to the thing that I love about sports, especially competitive sports, is that there is a pinnacle to strive for. Hmm. And in our job as pastors, and even in our day jobs selling Mm -hmm. blinds, like there isn't really a pinnacle. Mm -hmm. There isn't like a I know when I've made it sort of statement. You know, because it's just not how the church and budget blinds are built. Mm-hmm. And so, it, for me, it comes from this place of like, man, I wish there was something like a scorecard or a scoreboard. Like, that as I'm trying to do something incredible, like the Rams are, mm-hmm. as football teams are during the season, like, after that moment, you can rest. You can, like, sit back and drink it in and say, like, we did it. We reached the mountaintop. We accomplished the pinnacle of our industry, of our business, mm-hmm. of that thing. And so the G I wish it would happen to me award 
goes to the Rams because like they did it. They climbed the mountain. Mm. They won the Super Bowl. And for me, like whenever I encounter like these big games and these moments, there's a competitive nature in me that is like, man, like I don't think I can take that desire and bring it into being a pastor Mm -hmm. because that's not what being a pastor is about. It's not about winning. Um, But just for something in my life where it's like I came up against something that tested me Mm -hmm. and I overcame and I won. Yeah. So I like it. There it is. You went very uh, feel-good, serious with that. (laughs) That is not the direction I went with mine. Uh, But I like that. I think that's really cool. Um, Next week, I'll throw some shade on somebody. (laughs) Man, I have have two. Because I came up with one. We weren't allowed to give our award to the same person or team, apparently. (laughs) Um, And now I don't know which one I like better. So I I think I'm going to go with um, the Get Smart Award. The Get Smart Award. Mm -hmm. Okay, does this have a reference to, like, did something happen that pulls from the movie Get Smart? That could be (laughs) it. If that's the case, I have no idea what it would be. (laughs) Um, I'm assuming that this is given to the referees. I don't think you're you're done hating on referees. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a good one. Um, <laughs> telling them to get smart. Yeah, no, but that is not the case. Um, this one's going to Shooter McPherson because Shooter McPherson missed it by that much. Um, he was his team getting what 20, 30 more yards away from him standing alone at the top with the record for most uh field goals in a postseason. Um, but he missed it by that much. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to go ahead and give out the second one, too. Um, Bring it on. It's the NYC Taxi, the New York City Taxi Award. Uh, that's going to go to um, OBJ because he left the stadium in an ambulance. <laughs> Brutal! Man, I'm not even that mean. <laughs> Who gets it? The Rams run game. (laughs) What game? Exactly. When I went to New York when I was a kid, um, we never took the taxi. We got on subways because a New York City taxi just sits. (laughs) Traffic is so bad. You just sit there. You don't go anywhere. The ground game is terrible. (laughs) You find other ways for transportation. Um, And in this game... Their run game was absolutely terrible. 43 rushing yards total. (laughs) Wow. Seven of those came from Matt Stafford. (laughs) And seven of them came from Cooper Cup. Um, Oh, that's right. Didn't they give it to him on like a third and one or like a fourth and one? A fourth and one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So 14 of the 43 came from not running backs. Ooh, actually, let me take that back. Stafford ended with a total of six yards. Um, because they credited him with three rushing attempts, but he had one rushing attempt that was seven yards earlier in the game. Oh, I see. Well, so that actually says a couple things. One, it says Cincinnati front seven, like, pretty good. 
So mm-hmm. there's to, something to build around there. Right. Obviously, don't blow that up because <clears throat> you kept the Rams, which are like rely on play action and run games. Yeah. To a yard, two yards a carry. Like I don't know how many rushing attempts that they had. Yeah, they had um, 23 attempts. They averaged 1.9 yards per attempt. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> right, which then goes to Sean McVay, and I, I heard some guys talk about this. In the first Super Bowl, when the run wasn't working, he abandoned it. Mm. So the defense didn't have to worry about it. Interesting. But in this one, even though they were behind, like they just kept plugging away Yeah. because it what it does is it freezes the linebackers mm-hmm. long enough on pass plays because they have to account for it. Mm-hmm. Or even if they're only getting two yards, the linebackers need to be aware not to give up a big run play, right. like a big chunk. Right. So, credit to Sean McVay for that. Yeah, that's a good point because I definitely found myself going, dude, why are you still trying to go with the run? But <laughs> you're right, the play action wouldn't have worked nearly as well throughout the rest of the game if he had. I mean, it kind of just looked like they should have just thrown it to Cooper Cup every play. <laughs> Especially on the, like, that last yeah. drive was 15 plays. Like, no wonder the Bengals were holding people at the end of it. They were lost. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff. But those are some good awards. I think I need to get meaner with mine. <laughs> <laughs> we can be nice, too. Um, this just, like I said, I'm feeling a little bit so boxy throughout the whole thing. So um, I'll try not to be this way every week. But Well, today's actually, this moment is a great opportunity to get on your soapbox channel. Ooh. So why don't you bring us in? All right. So last week, I got on a soapbox, and I talked about Trevor Zegeris not winning the NHL skills competition. And I am back on that soapbox today. (laughs) I'm still ticked off about it because I got more information. (laughs) I found out that the winner of that competition got 30 grand, $30,000 for winning this competition. And John Hamm, the guy who held up the 19, um, The guy who held up the 19 for Alex Petrangelo handed $30,000 to a seasoned veteran in the NHL instead of giving it to either one of the two rookies. (laughs) In the NHL world, John Hamm is now being compared to Brad Marchand, who is like the villain of the NHL. The dude currently is serving a six-game suspension for sucker-punching a goalie. The dude licks people in the face to get them angry. Like it's it goes beyond just your typical like goon in a hockey on a hockey team. Right. Like he's just a jerk. And John Hamm is being compared to this guy because of what he did to Trevor Zegris um, and uh, Jack Hughes. Oh my God. <laughs> I promise this will be the last time. Mm, I'm not gonna make yeah, that promise. Make that I'm promise. not gonna make that promise. I will promise to do my best to make that my last time that you hear about this from me on this podcast. We'll see. Apparently the NHL is just throwing stuff out left and right. (laughs) We'll see how the playoffs go. Yeah. I I don't know, man. (laughs) So that's my soapbox. Um, Garrett, why are you getting on a soapbox this week? I had two potential things. And... I think I think I'm gonna go I'm gonna go basketball. I was gonna go Dr. Pepper after seeing some of their Super Bowl commercials. <laughs> with like their like 
so sweet. Like the little like miniature yeah, guy yeah, yeah. comes up and yeah. gives people Dr. Pepper because they hung a TV crooked. Like, what the heck is that? <laughs> but I'm not going to go there. I could go there, but I'm not going to. I want to talk about the NBA. Okay. So, as you know, as I'm sure you know, at least Chandler, James Harden yeah. gets all pouty <laughs> with the Nets because his co-stars are Kyrie Irving, and that's all I have to say about that, and KD. <laughs> Right, so um, big surprise, that big three is not really working out. So he leaves, and he, or well, he doesn't leave. He gets traded to the Sixers mm-hmm. for, and the Nets get, you know, Seth Curry and another player and mm-hmm. a couple draft picks, mm-hmm. which draft picks in the NBA are kind of worthless, anyways. And <clears throat> on, um, gosh, I think it was first take, right? So when the, when the big three in Brooklyn, First came about just to just to give the full details of that trade. Mm-hmm. Um, Brooklyn Nets traded James Harden to the 76ers for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first round picks. That's right, Ben Simmons. He was the big name. Yeah, right. Uh, I just like Seth Curry. So that's yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, so when the when the big three in Brooklyn first appeared, most mm. people were like, "Oh, this is the new top team in the East." <laughs> It's the new dynasty, yada, yada, all that stuff that happens when a big three comes together. Except for Colin Cowherd. Colin Cowherd said, this is going to be a mess. You've got James Harden personality, KD personality, and Kyrie Irving personality. Mm-hmm. Plus, you put Steve Nash as the head coach. Right? Like, <laughs> and it's like nothing on Steve Nash, but he's a first-time head coach. Yeah. All these personalities, right? Yeah. So Colin Cowherd said, he's like, I'm not buying it. In the two years, two year and a half that they played together, the big three played sixteen games out of like a possible like a hundred forty or like whatever. They played sixteen games together, and in those sixteen games, went thirteen and three. So yeah, when they were all on the floor together, yeah. they were really good. Except the issue was they were never on the floor together. <laughs> so this big three like wins one playoff round, like. Mm-hmm. It's not the wild card in the NBA, but the first round. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's it. That's all that they do together. Mm-hmm. And then Harden leaves. Chris Broussard on, um, I think it was First Things First. Okay. Defends his statement that this is not the worst big three ever assembled. <clears throat> and in order to defend that statement, talks about other big threes from like the last, you know, 50 years. Okay. He says, Wilt Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, and Jerry West. They're a disappointment because they didn't win the finals. <laughs> they got to the finals. But they're a disappointment because they didn't win. The Kobe, Shaq, Carl Malone, Steve Nash, Lakers, mm-hmm. who had won three straight, went back in 04, and didn't win that year. They were a disappointment because they didn't win the finals. Yep. So he's defending his pick against other teams that went to the finals and he's saying about a team that only had 16 games with the big three that won a single (laughs) playoff series and the big three literally did nothing because in the playoff series it was just kd like Kyrie got injured and james harden was injured and so my soapbox is can we just admit when we're wrong can we like you made a prediction you were wrong. Yeah. Move on. 
Like if it's not going to end your career <laughs> to be wrong about something, right? If it, that was true, no sportscaster would last in their job for more than a month, <laughs> right? So he like, and it's like he he rants for like seven minutes about why he still defends this was the like not a disappointing big three because these other teams that didn't win the finals but went to the finals. Were more disappointing. Wow. Because of expectations. Wow. And it was just kind of one of those things where you're listening to it and you're like, is this guy serious? <laughs> like they didn't they didn't do anything. They didn't play together. Like they accomplished <laughs> nothing. No division crown, no conference crown. Like like and then now they're all blown up. Kyrie doesn't know like if he's gonna play or not because he doesn't want to get the vaccine. He also thinks the earth is flat. <laughs> KD super prickly. <laughs> Which now there's all these reports coming out that, you know, like Steve Kerr said he's a really tough guy to coach, right? So there's like all this stuff where it's like, that experiment failed. That was yeah. a no-go. Yeah. Let's just call it that. Move on. James Harden already has. So we, should, we were wrong. We, we should all move <laughs> James on. Harden. <laughs> so let's, yep. let's do that. Yeah. So yeah. There we go. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome for giving me a soapbox to, uh, to, to stand on. <laughs> well, since we're talking about basketball, um, oh wait, do you want to talk about the Olympics? No, not really. The Olympics are in China this year, and China just kind of sucks. So I'm done with that. Um, <laughs> okay, you want? What do you want to talk about, Chandler? You want to talk about the basketball All Star Game? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so basketball All Star Game is coming up, and how they do it is. It's, I think, teams and fans get to vote. Okay. And they vote for captains. So this year, just like last year, it's Team LeBron and Team Durant. Okay. Um, which is weird. Like, why is it LeBron's first name and Kevin's last name? But would you want to be on Team Kevin? Or King James? Or <laughs> Team James? King James. Team, ja- Team James? Team James is fine, but, like... Yeah. Any- anyway, so Team LeBron and Team Durant. And... <laughs> Sometimes jokes take a while. That was one of them. <laughs> and so they get voted in, and then uh, LeBron and and Katie do this live uh, like schoolyard pick. Mm-hmm. And so you know, like Steph is on there, Giannis is on there, mm-hmm. right? I think uh, Nikola Jokic is on there. Um, there, you know, there's a bunch of people, and James Harden is one of the All Star guys. Mm-hmm. And KD is like he's left with the last pick, and it's James Harden, who's his teammate, <laughs> and like another well, guy. Not anymore. <laughs> well, at the time he was, oh, it was yeah, before yeah. the trade. Okay. So at the time it was James Harden and another guy who are the last <laughs> remaining players. And KD picks the other guy. <laughs> he doesn't pick James Harden. That's why James Harden <laughs> left. <laughs> and so I think it was live with like the TNT crew. So like Shaq is there and like Charles Barkley is there. <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, KD, really interesting pick. Yeah, you didn't you didn't go with your teammate." <laughs> and and Katie's like, "Oh yeah, I just needed like some length on my team. I needed like a tall guy." So <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, you know, I just wanted to win." So. <laughs> So, the All-Star game, I believe, is on Sunday, because um, the Celebrity yeah. All-Star game is Friday, is Friday, which, um, you know, who doesn't want to see Kevin Hart shooting jump shots, you know what I'm saying? Heck yeah. 
people making fun of how short he is. It's a great time. Yeah. I think they put him in at center when he played. <laughs> incredible. Or at least he wanted to be. <laughs> so, anyway, so the All-Star Game's coming up, um, and that is typically, like, it's a big, like, popular event, mm-hmm. but it's mainly for, like, like, hip-hop stars and, like, yeah. famous people. Like, it's time to get, it's a moment to get FaceTime for them. The for basketball sure. players just play, like, an offense-dominated game. Like, yep. There's no defense, and there's alley oops and half court shots, and I think four pointers. Sounds kind of similar to the NBA all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, or at least James Harden. Is, this, the for, is this for the hockey shots? Is that what this is about? Darn right it is. <laughs> yeah, at least when basketball players like try to score, they don't have to shoot through the five hole. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. just making fun of terminology that you don't understand. <laughs> what do you, I don't know what the five hole is. <laughs> it's the hole between the goalie's legs. Yes, sir. So whistles right through there. <laughs> so in the basketball world, that's what's going on. Nice. Excited for it. No, you're um, not. No, you're not. You're not going to watch. I'm excited for the highlights. <laughs> I love the highlights every year. Um, I'm excited to see what awesome ducks come out. Hopefully, John Hamm isn't at that competition. <laughs> um, he's not a judge. Yeah, hopefully he's not a judge. They all get 50s anyways for the dunk contest. <laughs> oh, you jumped over a small child. 50! Oh, you did a triple backflip. 50! <laughs> Be better. Um, yeah, so... With the end of the Super Bowl, um, yeah, that, don't, don't remind me. I'm sorry. That ends football season and that ushers in baseball season, but not yet this year. <laughs> um, <laughs> so close. So close. Because if you haven't heard about it, Major League Baseball is in a lockout. Um, so they reached the end of their collective bargaining agreement. It was a five year agreement. Um, they reached the end of that, I want to say back in December. Um, and so the league had some options. They could just continue business as usual, um, go into negotiations, offer to the players to, if they hadn't reached an agreement by the start of this season, to just continue to operate under the previous collective bargaining agreement, um, and played on with the season. But instead, the league decided that they were going to lock all the players out. Um, <laughs> you just aren't allowed to talk to us. We're not allowed to talk to you. Um, actually, Bo Bichette on the Blue Jays, his dad is one of the um, like advisors for the team for the Blue Jays. And he resigned when the lockout started because he wanted to be able to train with his son over the offseason. But if he hadn't done that, he would not have been able to meet and talk with his own son. So you're saying is the league... Put every baseball player in timeout. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, And so, reason for all of this is it's a labor dispute, right? Um, The the players want some certain things to happen. The league wants different things to happen when it comes to money. And some of it is how the game gets played, but it's mostly economic um, issues. And I think that the quick response that we have is... Oh, these guys are millionaires. Why, why, 
why are they complaining? They get, they get to play a child sport, for God's sake. Like, <laughs> uh, go John Madden. Uh, yeah. um, I've never seen a child throw a fastball 100 miles an hour. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, first of all, that claim. If that was true, you wouldn't be watching baseball or any sport. If you actually believe that they're just out there playing a child sport, you would not pay to go to a game. You would not pay extra for the channels to watch the games. You wouldn't turn it on at all. Um, so let's just get rid of that. Second of all, um, the the league, the owners, also have a ton of money. <laughs> they also should not be complaining about wanting to or about the, the need to pay more um, if we're going to come at it from that standpoint. It's a business. Everybody's got to get their cut. Um, final thing on that is that this isn't for the Mike Trout. This isn't for the Bryce Harper. It's not for, um, to throw it back a little bit, your Derek Jeters, your Alex Rodriguez's. I don't like Rodriguez. Name a famous player who's not a Yankee. I just named two. No, from like back in the day. <laughs> Tim Salmon? Uh, Jim Edmonds? I have no way to, like, to fight you on that. <laughs> uh, um, Tony Gwynn? Um, so this is not for them. They are not out here going, we get paid hundreds of millions of dollars and we want more. They are actually fighting for the guys who are just coming into the league. Um, Fighting, one, to get them a higher minimum salary. And again, you might be going, gosh, they're playing a game and they're getting $600,000 already. Why do they need more? I'm going to try and go through this really quick, but I saw this like tweet thread from a minor league baseball player um, who's been in the minor leagues for seven years. He's about to start his seventh year of minor league baseball to kind of put that mindset into perspective. Here's what he said. About to start my seventh season in the minor leagues, my firsthand experience. This is not political. I'm not here to convince anyone. These are the facts from my career. Um, After being drafted in 2016, I went to rookie ball. 12-hour bus rides through the night more peanut butter and jelly sandwiches than you can believe, and long days at the park. Made $480 every paycheck, two weeks. $960 a month is what he was getting paid. No pay in the (laughs) off-season. In 2017, I lived in a two-bedroom apartment with seven other guys, unfurnished apartment, slept on air mattresses. Two guys in each room, two guys in the living room, one guy in the kitchen. (laughs) Last year, started the season in AAA. As a two-time minor league all-star who was one level below the bigs, I was set to make $12,000 for the whole year. About to start my seventh year in the minor leagues, um, after this year it will be the first time in my career that I'll be a free agent. If I make it to the big leagues this year, I will have to play another six years in the big leagues before I'm a major league free agent. He does not get to hit the open market until he has six years of service time in major league baseball. I've been lucky enough to be in Major League Spring Training every year since I was drafted. One of my favorite parts, the money. About $1,500 a week in meal money. Think of my reaction that first year after making $1,000 a month the previous season. I've had teammates who were homeless. I've had teammates skip numerous meals. I've had teammates get called up and down more than 20 times in a season. This, This point that he's making is that right now with the way that the CBA is in place, Teams will move players up and down over and over again because it manipulates their service time. Mm. So if you've got a pitcher, starts every five, six games, um, they call him up the day of the game that they want him to pitch. He 
pitches his game, and then they send him back down. Five days later, they call him back up. Wow. Then they send him back down. So what this is doing is even though he's pitching just as many starts as, as a regular pitcher in, in Major League Baseball, he's only ending up with 12 to 20 days of service time throughout the season wow. if a team goes that far with it. This is not about getting guys a ton of money. This is about getting the guys who are trying their best, trying to get there, who have put years and years of work and money into this, getting their fair share of the pie. Um, you know, you you even look at $600,000, okay? That's a minimum salary, um, right, right around that range. But that's for MLB. For MLB. Yeah, that's not for the guy who's trying right. to get into that. Right, that's not for the minor leaguer. That is if you have spent an entire season in Major League Baseball, your minimum salary for that year is $600,000, um, approximately. Um, let's say that guy only ends up getting to play one year. Either he gets injured or he just doesn't make the cut. Um, yeah, $600,000 is a lot of money for one year. But what is he going to do to support his family for the next 10, 15, 20 years? Even if he breaks that down to $60,000 a year, he budgets it out He budgets it out really well. That's only two, 10 years, right? right? Um, so you're saying, right, like go get another job. But I just don't think it's that easy for a guy who has spent that much time trying to make it as a professional athlete. For a guy who has been on, on the field and people know the name of, like – for them to transition into something else. Um, like, it's business, just, like business accounting? Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's just not as easy as we want to make it seem. Right. Um, so if you're one of those people that are thinking, oh, these are just a bunch of whining babies, get past that. Um, look into what they're actually fighting for. Um, I think that the players, the players can definitely pull back a little bit on some of their stuff, but um, there is good reason for them holding out on this negotiation. Um, but I do hope, because today, I think today was supposed to be the day that pitchers and catchers report into spring training. Mm. That's not happening. So I do hope that they can get their stuff together um, and, and get things going because nobody wants a shortened baseball season. Um, Are you sure about that? Nobody it's wants... It's a long season. <laughs> It's a long season. <laughs> That's a conversation for another pod. Um, but I do think that I really like the length of the season. But we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> so to end, to end the episode today, who is your – and if if you say the Yankees and they're not actually a good team, then it doesn't count. <laughs> but who is your projected World Series winner? Ooh. Like, given the, like... Okay, well, so let me say a little bit here. That that's a really hard question to answer right now. Okay. Because there are a lot of free agents that can't be signed until this lockout is done. Mm -hmm. And a lot of big free agents. So, like, I want... I do actually want to say the Yankees. Because I think that they've got a really strong team. And they've been on the verge of it for the last several years. Mm -hmm. But it's going to depend on what free agents they can get once this lockout ends. Mm -hmm. um, you know, can they get a Matt Chapman or a Freddie Freeman or... Um, can they get some more speed up the middle? Um, so that's a question for once the season starts, people are signed. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because there's going to be a lot of shuffling before the season starts. Okay. So. 
Well, I'm, I'm not as into baseball as you are, but um, my favorite's going to be the Mariners, just like it is every year. <laughs> and uh, we'll see what happens. If you expect disappointment, <laughs> then you won't be disappointed. Then you won't be disappointed. You know, so, you know, when they... MJ. <laughs> <laughs> when they end up in the middle of the road like they do every year, um, I'll, you know, do the same thing as last year. But I'm going to hope, man. Yeah, hold on to that hope. <laughs> You can't see it, but I'm shaking my head at him right now. <laughs> um, so final thing, if you're looking for something good to watch this weekend, um, that's not the NBA All-Star Game because I said something good to watch, um, You, <laughs> there is a college basketball game happening this Saturday at 5 p.m. Um, and it will be streamed on ESPN Plus between New Mexico State and Grand Canyon University. My alma mater. Shut up. <laughs> My alma mater. Um, this is not just a homer like, yeah, it'll be a good game because it's my school. Um, this is a very underrated rivalry in college basketball. Um, and it's playing. It's being played at the GCU Arena, um, which has been called the biggest party in college basketball. Should be a really good game. Should be really tightly contested. Um, yeah, I'll be watching it. So should you. In Grand Canyon, they did they make the March Madness tournament last year? Yeah, for the first time they made it last year. They won the conference tournament and made it into the um, the March Madness. They yeah. lost in the first round. Um, what was their like rating? Like were they? They, I mean, they weren't like actually ranked in the top twenty five or thirty or whatever they go to, but right. they were one of the what is it sixteen seeds? Is that the bottom that they do on the bracket? I yeah. think so. They yeah. were one of the sixteen seeds, so they had to play against one of the number one seeds. And I think they lost by like fifteen points. So it was a for being that big of a difference, their first time in the show. Right. Um, they have to play like Duke or Kansas or yeah. Villanova or whatever. Yeah, they did pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. So well to end our um podcast today i just have a piece of advice that my dad uh, dropped on me um about the super bowl okay and i think it's a good way to end our show so um if you're gonna bet on a team don't bet on a team with the nickname the bungles <laughs> and i think that's good advice to live by <laughs> did you know that the Bengals' nickname they, is the Bungles. I've never heard that. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not like an official like league nickname. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, my dad's like, yeah, we called them the Bungles growing up. It's because they were always losing and they could never do anything right. <laughs> I was like, Dad, I wish you would have told me that last week. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, good piece of advice. Good piece of advice. It's not bad words to live by. So we are going to try to figure out how to turn on... Um, podcast donations we want to try to get a nicer mic and some better gear to improve the quality of our our podcast so when that's up and running we'll let you know ask you to consider donating to that but until next week guys thanks for hanging out peace out thanks guys